0: Welcome to Money Your Way. My name is Jess and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about empowering women just like you to feel confident when making choices in the world of personal finance. It can feel super confusing and overwhelming when there's unfamiliar lingo and tons of options. So I'll do my best to keep this fun and simple as we learn together. What do you say? Let's jump right in. Welcome to this episode. I am so excited to be behind the mic doing a solo episode. It's been a while and this one's going to actually be pretty quick, but it's something that I've been asked numerous times on my Instagram to give more information on. So I want to be sure to share that with my podcast listeners as well. And the topic's going to be making money through spring cleaning. I know that we're in the end of summer already, but I feel like the term spring cleaning kind of can go no matter what time of the year it is. And I'm not an expert. I have just found a few things that have helped me over the last few months. And to date, I have brought in $270 of stuff. And I'm say stuff because really like it just feels like it's stuff. But that's money that's been sitting around. Now it's in my pocket to do something better with. So the first thing I'm going to cover is where am I selling these things? That seems to be the biggest question that people want answers to. And I'm posting everything both on the Nextdoor app and on Facebook Marketplace with the same description for Facebook Marketplace, I am giving like a crossroads of a street because I got really tired of answering the question of like, where is pickup? I wanted people to kind of understand how close it was. I think the zip code that Facebook kind of defaults to may be a little bit too big. So, and I've actually had experiences on the buying side where it shows that it's closer and then they give me the address and it's like an extra 20 minutes. So, I try to eliminate all of those unnecessary messages. So with putting them both on Nextdoor and Facebook Marketplace, I've—I'd say it without like actually looking at the data from just my memory and what it feels like. I'd say it's about fifty-fifty on which of the apps the items have sold on. So I'm gonna continue posting on both. A couple things that I've done when I do post that I feel are helpful is I take really good pictures. I make sure When I'm taking product pictures that there are item pictures, I don't know why I called it product, when I'm taking pictures of the item that I'm selling, that there is not distracting elements in the picture, that it's not like someone is going to see my dog and my workout outfit for tomorrow and all these other things in the picture. I really want the focus to just be that thing. I also make sure that the lighting is good. So I might prep these pictures, you know, on a weekend in the morning when I have a clean wall that has good lighting and nothing else in front of it. And then the other thing that I've been doing is I take screenshots if I can find these things online. So for for example, there was like a hiking backpack that I had used for a trip once. It wasn't even like a backpack that I had wanted. It had come with the backpack that I wanted as an add-on because of a bundle, if that makes sense. So I hadn't used it since that trip, which was three years ago. And in the same website, they sold that backpack by itself. So I went and I screenshotted what the price of that backpack was. The reason I did that is it makes people understand where the price is coming from that I'm charging on the app that I'm selling it for. So for example, and I don't remember if this was exactly the right amount because it's been a couple months since I sold that backpack, but I think I listed it for $40.00 and it was originally on the website brand new for 65 It had only been used once. But I felt like someone would be actually getting a pretty decent deal out of that. And of course that was $40 in my pocket. So that was something that was really helpful is finding the items online and having that as a price comparison and almost like a backup for what you're charging because different things that look exactly the same could have different qualities, especially if things aren't necessarily a name brand that people know, then that will really help them understand the deal that you're giving them. So that's kind of like the main thing of what I've done. Um, As far as like holds and things like that go, I'm really kind of working with people like first come. If I was asked to reduce price, which really didn't happen a lot, most of the things that I was selling were less than 25 bucks and I feel like there was a sweet spot being in this like 10 to 20 dollar range that people don't feel like they have any bargaining room like it's already you know it's less than 20 bucks they kind of don't care and that really helped keep products moving quickly I found that if products were listed for like five bucks I had like random home decor those didn't really sell because it was like so little that people didn't have interest in them but that, 15 to $25 range or that $10 to $20 range, those seemed to work really well. Um, but if I did have someone asking to counter, I'm not against negotiating and meeting somewhere in the middle. However, it depended on kind of two things that went into my decision making on whether I lowered my price or not. How much other interest I had in the item. Like, was my inbox blowing up with people trying to schedule pickups and asking questions or showing interest in that item. If that was the case, then I really wasn't negotiating. I would say, look, I have a lot of interest right now. I appreciate that you've reached out. If it's still available in a couple weeks, then I'd be happy to take that offer. And sometimes people come back and they're like, oh, no problem. I'll just buy it right now. Or they'll say, okay, yeah, let me know. And that brings me to my second point with the negotiations. It really comes down to as well, like if you're on a specific timeline for getting those items out of your house. For me, that wasn't really the case. I just felt this need to start decluttering. I felt like I had a lot of things that I've been looking at for years and haven't used. And I want to be living a more intentional life. I want to be looking at things that are in my house that I use and I love and that make me happy and not literally just take up space and remind me of money that I spent that I'm not using anymore. So for me, it was fine because it was all tucked into an extra closet that I wasn't using, that I wasn't seeing very often. It was kind of like my reseller's closet. So I had a place that it was out of sight and I could wait and have time if things didn't sell at the price that they were listed for. So, that was another thing was having time really does make a difference. But the thing that I also really want to get across in this episode, because maybe you can relate to me on this, is I have like, or I always had these kind of hoarding tendencies, and I know that word gets used around a lot. I feel like it's just when I do own something already, I struggle to like part with it and let go because my brain would start trying to figure out when would I need this? Like I would start asking myself, but is there like one time that I'm going to wish I still had this? (laughs) And the thing is that your brain will answer the questions that you ask it. I feel like I've brought that up in different episodes before and that is honestly something that when someone told me you want to make a change in your life, start asking yourself better questions and that applied at least I found for myself very much to this area of being able to shift the question that I was asking myself from would I ever need this again knowing full well that I haven't used it or touched it or looked at it in three plus years to a new question of is this important enough to me that I would pay money to move it. I mean, eventually, like we live in a house right now that doesn't have a yard. Eventually, we want to be in a house, like family home with a yard for the dogs and all the suburb thingies. So there's a part of me that knows I'm actually asking that question and would end up having to pay to move something. But for the sake of just being able to make a decision right now in my current house, of do I want to list something and get rid of it, it's helped so much. It has completely taken away that feeling of, oh, I need to keep this and made me feel like, no, this is not important enough for me to actually pay extra money towards to keep, especially because I don't really think that situation that I come up with on whether or not I might need it again would actually happen. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like that outfit that you kept in college for a themed party and that themed party came around and you ended up buying a new outfit anyways because you didn't want to wear an old one. That kind of thing. So this was really helpful for me being able to actually just start listing things. Some of the other things people have asked me about are like, what are the things that I've sold? I sold a desk lamp. It was just like a regular silver desk lamp. I think I sold it for 10 bucks. Someone happened to message me the same day I listed it and they were like, "Oh my gosh, I've been looking for another desk lamp that kind of matches the one I have and it'd be perfect." It was nothing special about it. I just had a newer, bigger desk lamp that I liked now and I was never going to use that one again. I sold um brand new, never opened Bobblehead from an Astros baseball game. Guys, it's like literally sat in the closet for years. So I'd rather it go to someone who collected them and they went online for like 25 to 40 bucks. I was looking on eBay and I just sold it for 25 bucks. Someone was super happy. They, they must've totally been a collector because they were telling me they were on their way to pick up another bobblehead and the city that they mentioned was like 30 more minutes away. So they were just picking up bobbleheads. Um, Another thing I sold, I had one randomly a couple years ago at a work conference, a free Google Home, new, unused, in the box, and I sold that for, like, 20 bucks as well. A couple other random things, some, I think I sold one or two mirrors, just things that we have new mirrors that we like better, and I had put those away and never used them. Um some backpacks and bags, things like, (laughs) this just brings up memories of how much I had shopped previously. I swear I've gotten so much better, but DSW would do these deals where they would send you like a coupon or voucher in your inbox, and even I think they would physically mail it too, and they would be like, oh, spend $50 or more and you get this free item, which could be anything from, like, an umbrella to a overnight bag to, like, a travel shoe bag and lunchbox and whatever. All these different things. So, I sold, like, a humongous overnight bag that had literally only been used once and realized, like, it's so big that I'd just rather have a suitcase. <laughs> so, I sold that and it was free for me, but I took a screenshot, back to one of my other tips, I took a screenshot of it from the DSW website to show the value. I think it was like 25 bucks if you would have bought it new and I sold it for 10 bucks. So just small little things. I think being patient has been helpful. I think posting things with good lighting and good pictures has been helpful. I've also found that if there was anything with measurements, like I mentioned mirrors, posting it with like, pictures of the rulers on either side so people knew the measurements, that's been helpful too because I don't really want to waste my time just answering questions on what are the dimensions. But all that to say, I haven't really done any clothes, and that seems to be, like, a thing that people do. Someone I know posted on Facebook and, like, put a comment, a picture per comment With very, very basic descriptions like the company and the size and the condition, like whether it was new or gently used. And then the price, of course. And they posted, I don't know, 40, 50 items of clothing and I can tell you it worked. You want to know why? Because I bought from them. (laughs) So I think that might be next on my list, is I might just give it a go. I've never had a lot of luck with, like, Mercari or Poshmark, and I haven't been interested in putting the time into, like, the resharing and the whole social aspect of those, so I think I'm going to try Facebook. But really, I just wanted to share this quick episode with some of those tips about selling on Nextdoor and Facebook Marketplace. And if you found any of it helpful, just shoot me a quick message. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Money Your Way. If you love this episode or you learned something new, it would mean the world to me if you just took a few seconds and shared it with a friend. I cannot wait to keep learning and growing in this journey together.